This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome to On the Record with your host, Ashram Lux Lucis. Alright, welcome to another episode of On the Record. I'm your host, Astrum Lux Lucis, and today I have such an amazing guest. I want to take just a brief moment to introduce her so we can get right into this conversation, because I know this conversation is going to be awesome. This is a woman who suffered a near-death experience at the age of four, which raised her awareness and changed her life as a result of what she learned from the other side. She loves to help her clients see life in a different light. Possessing clairaudience, clairsentience, and claircognizance gifts, she uses the abilities to enlighten those around her. Her portfolio includes television commercial shoot for modeling assignment, clothing outlet, television commercial for Mental Health Association. And she's also an accomplished singer-songwriter. She's written, published, and released her own music and is presently working on a meditation compilation CD amongst one of her many other projects. Without further ado, please welcome Medium Jay Lane. Well, hello. Thank you so much, Astrum. What an yeah. intro. I'm so I'm so honored, my goodness. Yeah. Well, it's an honor <laughs> to have you. I'm this this subject just I don't know. Since a young age, I've always been kind of curious about the other side and um mm-hmm. is there another side and you know, mm-hmm. as as I lose loved ones in my life, that's usually the biggest question is, well, you know, how do we know? You know, I mean. Yeah. So, it, you, you know. know and, I, and, I, and I totally agree. It, it's true, you know, and that's the biggest question that I get all the time. Is there another side, Jay? Is there really, you know, life after death? How do I know my loved ones are around? And, you know, they always are. A soul is something you can't get rid of. It's something you cannot kill off. So, I kind of work it like this, Astrum. I, I, or Astrum, I should say. I, sh- I believe that we come from the other side, and that before we come into being, we make agreements with other souls to go through certain experiences here on this side of the fence, you know. And and when we go back to our original being, basically we're we're more elevated or we graduate at higher soul level, depending on the experiences that we choose here. So it's 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 kind of interesting, you know. All, all the way around is to, you know, a, another big question is what's my life purpose? It kind of goes in with the, the life after death thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's, let's go into this. So how did you, you know, how did this awareness come about with you? And, and what were some of the things that started happening that maybe made you think, hmm, I'm a little different. Like people aren't hearing these things and seeing these things and whatnot. Like what were some of those initial signs, I guess you would call them, that, you know, let you know that you have this ability? Well, I think it's the look and I got when I was nine years old because I scared the living, you know, uh, the living daylights out of this poor lady. We were at a grocery store, but, you know, to to, to go back just a little bit, I had a near-death experience when I was close to four at my uncle's camp. And my brother and I, we were on tricycles, and we were racing down this large embankment which overlooks the lake. And there was a dock below with some airplanes. And my brother was on the big tricycle, and I was on the little one. So he went around the corner really quick, and, and he had told me to, 
put my feet out because the tricycle I was sitting on, which was my cousin Carol's, was too small for me. And so you know how you're pedaling your your little tricycle and your knees are hitting the you know the handlebars. <laughs> so I I stuck my feet out. And when I tried to go around the corner, that didn't happen because the pedals were going too quickly and I couldn't put my little feet on them to stop. And so I ended up tumbling the bike and I went off this large embankment into the lake below. And so my father, I know, you know, I, I don't remember much of that. I remember the pain in my ribs and I remember being underwater, but you know, I remember the sun coming through the water and different things like that, but I really didn't know what was going on with me. I was just in a lot of pain, and uh, I, I was kind of, like, really confused. You know, I'd fallen kind of head first. And so, um, you know, I, when I come to, I, I remember being in a hospital. That's all I remember, and then I remember going home. And then little experiences happened to me, you know, as as we progressed and as, you know, as I got older. But now we're coming to the the, the spanking. <laughs> when I was nine mm-hmm. years old, we went to to a grocery store, and I was standing in a lineup at a grocery store with my mom and dad at the checkout counter, and there was this lady in front of me, and out of nowhere, this I I'd never seen anything like it. It was like a, a golden mist, but it was like the formation of a man starting, and it was just from the waist up. And he was talking, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't, even though there was like nothing coming out of his mouth, I could hear him. And I thought, what the heck? And then he started talking to the lady that was in front of me, and he was telling her he had to eat. And then he had, you know, um, just made me feel like it was a feeling I got that she hadn't eaten for days and days. And, and of course, this was the 60s. I'm, I'm nine years old. And so I said, Irene, you, you you have to eat. And when I said that, she looked at me and she goes, what are you talking about? And I started to cry. And I cried and, and my mother said, what's wrong? And I said, Jerry wants her to eat. And so right away the woman just like, oh, my God. And she ran outside. So when we got home, I, I got a licking. <laughs> my dad said I scared this lady and that I wasn't supposed to talk to strangers, you know, and then if I can, they were going to lock me up in North Bay. And North Bay is a little community not far from here, which houses the mental health, you know, institutions. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was going to jail. Yeah. So very long story short, you know, um, Astrum is that, you know, that that's kind of when I knew it was different because I knew that they couldn't see what I was seeing. Um, that lady later on, you know, as as I grew older, the story was that that lady's name was Irene and her husband Jerry had died three years before. And she had told my mother outside, you know, as she was composing herself that she hadn't eaten in, in weeks because she, she really was hoping that social services would come and pick up her kids so that they would have like a decent home life. And she just wanted to, you know, just die. And it, it, it was so sad, but she said that even though this little girl, nine years old, it changed her life. And uh, But it wasn't the same deal at my end. I mean, the thing is, my life had changed, too, because I, I had gotten a royal warning from my father, you know, to really not discuss that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that that's when I knew I was different. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And so after you got this, the scolding there... Um, I mean, stuff's still coming to you. Like, oh, yeah. what did you do and with it at that allowed, point? 
Well, I wasn't allowed to talk about it, but there were other things. I mean, one day I'm sitting there and I said to my mom that my brother wasn't coming home for supper. And she said, why? I said, because he's in the hospital. And she says, what do you mean he's in the hospital? Who told you that? And I said, nobody did. I just know that. And she goes, what are you talking about? And, you know, we had a driving school. So we used to take, you know, back in the 60s, you'd take the phone off the hook, you know, and you stuck it under the pillow. It was these old dial phones. And um, sure enough, my mother put the phone back on the hook uh, because we used to take it off at supper, <laughs> dinner time. You know, we took the phone <laughs> off the hook. My mother was a practicing psychic, and um, and my dad had this driving school. And you know, sure enough, the hospital called, and you know, my my parents had to go in and sign for him to have medical treatment. So just little things like that. So I mean. There were certain things, and, and I didn't get a look into that, but I, I, I got a big warning about that, too, to make sure that, you know, the adults uh, were to answer the telephone, and I wasn't to answer the phone anymore, and I thought, I never answered any telephone, but that's okay, you know. <laughs> but but this, these these things just continued with me, and, you know, and then in school, of course, you're 16 and 17, you, you want to show off a little bit, you know. And so I used to scare the, the you know, the, the kids around, you know, at lunchtime where I'd tell them things about them and they'd be like, how do you know that? So, you know, it, it just kind of followed me all the way through. But you know, I didn't use it professionally for many years. I, I worked for the government and I just minded my own thing because my, you know, very first husband didn't really approve of that kind of thing. And, you know, he he told me that, you know, people would think I'm a little strange if, if I talked about these things and it wasn't really acceptable. So for a long time, it was very quiet. So why well, you go, it's almost like I'm thinking of my life here as an artist. And, you know, at 23 years of age, I kind of had this sort of, uh, we'll call it my first midlife crisis. <laughs> Not that you're oh, really yeah. midlife at 23, but I had yeah, a little meltdown about, you know, I was a loser and whatnot and delivering pizza for a living and doing a lot of drugs and stuff. And, talked to my dad on my 23rd birthday and he convinced me in some way to go to college you know and I was a person who in high school would tell people I don't even need to graduate I'm going to be a rock star by the time I'm 21 and so Mm -hmm. here I am at 23 and that hadn't happened so you know my dad's now convincing me to go to college and I'm thinking like I must still be high because this is not a good idea (laughs) (laughs) I hate school why would I want to go to college I ended up you know I ended up going to college and, you know, well, I had fun and I learned a lot and I don't, you know, regret it now. But, you know, when I initially graduated, I really like I went even to a bigger depression, thought my life was over and even tried to commit suicide just because I thought, you know, my life was over. I've I've spent the best years of my life instead of pursuing my dream and my passion. I mm-hmm. got this friggin business mm-hmm. degree, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's like how do you you have like these gifts? that are, you know, definitely given to you for a greater purpose. And now you're mm-hmm. you're kind of being told, no, don't do anything with these. And then you even, like, stifle them yourself by going and working for the government. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how yeah. oppressive can that yeah. be, you know? I know, and, I know. And it was, trust me. But you know, yeah. 
as much I, I loved my coworkers, but I honestly did not like any of my jobs. And I think that was the fire under the my butt that I needed to, you know, to kind of like, you know, look at other things because near the end I was starting to do readings like just part time, you know, because I did, I wanted to leave early. And that was, you know, kind of my thing. But they even said no. You know, when they found out I was doing readings um, part time, they said, you know, Jay, you are uh, a provincial government employee and, and Ontarians are your clients. I said, what do you mean? They said, well, it's a conflict of interest. I said, are you serious? They said, yes. So I said, well, that's okay. I'll read internationally then. They said, what do you mean? I said, I'll read people in the U.S. and and in India and and in Scotland and in England. And I said, you won't have to worry about that. And they said, well, how are you going to do that? I said, well, I'm going to start my business on the Internet. But that wasn't wasn't acceptable either because they said, well, how do you know and how can you prove? And it's true. You you can't prove because when people, most people that that make appointments give you fake names because they're they're thinking that you're trying to look them up anyway. So, you know. So it doesn't really matter, you know, and it's it's the name of the game. It's the way it is. People don't trust it yet. They still want readings. And and, and, and I, it, it, it's true. It's true. I'm just being very, yeah. you know, candid and honest about it. But the thing is, at the end of the day, people need to know. They need to know that there's another side. And that's one of the reasons why. You know, it's after my mother passed away that I decided to to quit my job and pursue, you know, this because I, I, I really couldn't deny myself anymore. My husband, um, who I'm with for, for 13 years now, told me, you really, really need to do this. You really need to, you know, just just help people. And, and, it's, and it's one of the reasons I decided to... Uh, you know, to come out of my spiritual closet and and to to expose myself the way I do. But I absolutely love it. I, I'm glad that I did. Everything happens for a reason, right? It after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even even your path actually, with everything that you've been through, has actually made the person that you are today. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it makes yeah. you stronger. It does. You know, you have a much bigger purpose than than just you know what what you were doing, and 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 now you you're fa- following your heart. So that's that's exactly what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be right back. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. And we're back on the record. What was it like for you during those years uh, of feeling sort of, you know, I have to repress this and suppress it? What was going on for you internally? Well, you know, 
I just kind of figured that people would think I'm crazy if if I talked about it or if I did anything. And then, you know, and then the kids especially, my friends, I was very lucky because they always accepted me. They'd say, what do you see? Or we'd go to a party and they'd say, okay, come into this room and, and, and Jay's going to do a reading for you. It's like, no, I can't do a reading. Yeah, yeah, you you will. And, um, you know, that, that worked for a while. I actually used tarot cards and I would pretend I knew how to read them. I didn't need the cards, you know. I mean, I'm quite uh, audience, yeah. and so I, I, yeah, I didn't need the cards. But and and then finally, someone said, you know, what, what's that two cups mean again? So when I when I told this lady, she goes, you know, you have no clue what you're doing with those cards. And I said, no, I don't. And 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 she says, well, um, the best reading I've ever had, though. Like, how do you do that? And, and so I thought, okay, <laughs> you know. So I I kind of hid a little bit. So with my friends, I was lucky. I had that outlet, so I was very, very lucky. But I also had my mom. Like, my mom was so understanding. She did readings, but she used tea leaves to do it. So my dad didn't think that was so bad. And, you know, I hate to say it, but the money was coming in for my mom. So my dad didn't mind that at all. She was very popular, and she had lineups out the door. But I didn't use anything, and that was weird for him. Oh, wow. Yeah, that yeah. was weird. So repress, repress. My first husband, same thing. You know, don't talk about that. My parents think you're whack. You know, okay, okay. <laughs> but but you know what? You just you just move on from it. You just you do. You just and and the experiences. And I I've always believed this. You know, I've changed so much, especially due to my mother's passing. I mean, I've had such a transformation in my life, and I've totally changed it. Uh, you know, 360 degrees in terms of the way I, I think, the way I put myself out there. And I am, like, such a believer in you're the creator of your own destiny. And mm-hmm. so I believe that all of these things that I repressed or all of these things now, I, I feel so free that my business is just, like, I don't know, it's just blossomed and, and you know, just the awareness, just everything is just just so amazing. I still pinch myself to see if I'm, you know, if I'm still dreaming, but I, I'm just so thankful for all of those things. I, I take the negative. I thank, you know, what it is that's negative about it because if it wasn't for all those things that held me back, I don't think it'd be the person I am today, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, but... I don't know. I I, I guess with with my parent, my mom, not so much. My dad, I used to get really kind of peeved with him a little bit, you know, because he didn't understand. But before my dad died, he 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 understood. He uh, he accepted it, and he he finally said, you know, it's just I I don't know what to make of it sometimes, and it scares me. And he says, I just don't want anyone hurting my little girl, you know. And, and I guess that's why maybe he tried to protect me. I don't know. But yeah. I, I can understand, I you know, I can understand that I'd probably be a little the same, probably not the lickens, but I got two yeah. good ones in my lifetime. But, <laughs> but, you know, but I think they were lickens of love, like seriously, you know, I don't think, you know, he intended to hurt me. I think he just wanted to show me that's enough, you know, and it, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it, it's made me stronger. Yeah. Wow. So did you find that... So clear audience is being able to hear. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, yeah. And clear sentience is that being able to feel? I'm not. What is that one? It's it's just like a knowing of things. You just know things and you don't know why. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, for instance, if I'm at a show and I'll walk by someone and I'll just say, oh, you just ran out of gas yesterday. And they'll go, yeah, I, I, I did. I was in Toronto and I ran out of gas, like on the freeway. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but don't worry about it. And they say, how do you know that? It's just like I see it or I just know it or I just feel it. I don't know. It's just weird. Or I'll want to say one thing, but something else comes out of my mouth. And it's maybe what's intended to come out. So, you know, mm. it's just a knowing of things. Yeah. A clear yeah. audience is clairvoyance. It's just an ability to see forward or, or see, you know, years behind or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's taste and smell. There's all of those things that come into play. Because people often ask me, like, how, how do you do that? I, I don't know. It, honestly, I, I don't. I don't know how I do it. I just, I just know that I do. Hmm. It's weird. I believe I connect with a consciousness that allows me that. I don't know that. That information. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And have you ever? In do you ever question it? Like, if you get, you know, some, if you walk by somebody and and something comes to you, like maybe at first when this first started happening with you, did you question, like, what is this? Why, yes. why is this coming to me? Yeah. Yeah. It, I I did question certain things. Like one, one day I was talking to my husband and I said, damn, you know, I, I feel so sad. He goes, why? I said, because I hear thousands of names being called. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, maybe you don't understand it. But I said, for me, when they're calling names, that means that they're calling their souls home. And I said, there's thousands of them. I said, I can hear them. And he goes, well, what does that mean? I said, that means that thousands of people are going to die within the next two, three weeks. And he goes, seriously? I said, yeah, I get that every once in a while, you know. So I wrote Mm. it down, and I was thinking, like, numbers 8, like 8, 17, or 26, because I'm into, like, numerology. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I told him it's 8, 17, or 26. And he goes, why did you say that? I said, well, 8. 17, 1 plus 7 is 8, and 26, 2 plus 6 is, is 8. Mm. And on December 26, the tsunami, we had the tsunami. Oh. And, um, yeah, and, and thousands died. And, and, you know, I still remember feeling so sad just even the day before that, you know, and I, I didn't know why. And I thought, it's Christmas. I'm usually really, you know, so happy-go-lucky, but I could hear them being called, you know. But, um yeah, so I get things like that. I'll have premonitions, little premonitions, like not, you know, like how some people predict like worldwide things, but I'll, I'll get things like that. So what I what I used to do, um, basically, in answer to your question, is I used to write things down. So if I was feeling something, I'd write it down, and when it would happen, I have my little check mark pile, and I'd put them in my little check mark pile, and I had quite a few of them. And I thought, okay, you know what? There's something to this. Like, it's not just my imagination. Like, maybe mm. I'm just really seeing before, you know, I'm, I'm putting the cart ahead of the horse, but that's what's happening. You know, I'm I'm yeah. seeing it, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and then I, I blame loved ones, too. Like, a lot of people will say, well, you know, well, you speak to the dead. Well, I don't know if I speak to the dead, but I know that I connect with that consciousness. And and your loved ones are always around, like always, always around. So, you know, I mean, you can't help it. I mean, but I wouldn't just go up to a straight stranger and, and tell them I've had bad experiences with that. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I've learned that unless, unless you have the camera crew with you, you will you know. Oh my God! Pardon me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, oh yeah. 
speak well, a little bit about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, but just 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 to come back to that. No, people ask me that. Why did you say anything in public? Well, now people know me, so it's not so bad. But before oh. that, you know, it, it could be dangerous. But go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Astro. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm no problem. Yeah, this is great. Um, so I have a question. So obviously, I have a question. I'm <laughs> I'm interviewing you. Um, <laughs> So you you spoke a little bit about you felt this sadness because you're hearing the names and these that means that these people are going to die. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that emotion because for me, like death is really hard for me to deal with, and mm-hmm. um, and then so I've got like these thoughts of like, well, why would this? You know, they're gone. They're on the other side. Why would they want to hang out in my world still? You know, and if they yeah. are, why why can't I still see them? Like, why don't I have that ability? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, for you, if you know that you don't really die, you just kind of change form. Yeah, explain the sadness back behind that. Well, it's a sadness because I know that people are going to be affected by their deaths. You know, like for myself mm-hmm. even. I mean, I grieved too when I lost my mom, but when my mom died, we cheered her on. We told her, you go, girlfriend, because mm. I knew how much my mom was connected to the other side and how much, you know, she, you know, how how much faith she had in the afterlife. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I know clearly that she's there. And, you know, but I'm going to tell you, after she passed, her and I had made an agreement that she would contact me within about six months human time. Because there's no mm. time and space or no male or female on the other side, any of that. And uh, it didn't happen. It did nothing, like no sign, no smell, no nothing. And um, it, it took about nine months for her to come through to me. My father, 14 years it took for me to feel my father. Some mm. people, you know, that come to see me, they'll say, you know, I want to talk to my dad. I'm not feeling that. I might feel, you know, other people around them, other, you know, consciousness, that kind of thing. But, you know... I have to be honest with these people saying, geez, I'm not feeling that. The only time that really happens to me is, and and sometimes it just happens because it just naturally does. I'm not connecting with that energy. But um, what happens is it could be that someone's recycled back into this plane. So you've heard of reincarnations? Mm. Yeah, I call them recycled souls because we're mm. with the times, right? Recycling is good, but mm-hmm. they recycle. <laughs> that's right. But they they recycle back into this lifetime or suicides. Suicides are souls that are stuck in between, you know, in between realms, and sometimes I can't communicate with them until they go through the other side, and, and it takes a while for that to happen at times because you know they have broken agreements, and if they broke their agreements, they don't get to go through the pearly gates right away. They're going to have to wait a little bit, you know? But it doesn't mean that they don't get there. But, um, you know, I, I feel sadness because I know people don't understand death. You know, I've I've had people, I, I one of my best friends who was actually an embalmer, and um, she, when her, her family, a very close member of her family died, it took her three years to recover. She couldn't go to work. She couldn't function. And this is someone that's exposed to death every single day. Mm, you, can yeah. you imagine? Could not mm. function. And so some people just cannot handle that emotional aspect. And, and I think that's where my heart's heavy because if they only knew that there's another side, they wouldn't, 
and if they truly believed it instead of just thinking, is it there, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't feel anything, I don't see anything, I don't, you know. And, and, and a lot of people are just conditioned that when you die, that's it, you know, there's mm-hmm. nothing after that. And so it's, it's, it's hard to, to maintain that positivity, you know, especially if you hear of, of someone grieving. So that's, I guess that's where my sadness would come in for someone else. But really, I don't feel sad when someone dies because I know I'm going to see them again. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, and some people it, it, they'll, they'll ask me just like you did too, like how come I can't see? I don't know. But some people have different types of gifts, right? But some people just mm. don't have the ability. Is it so the person like for you it, it took 9 months before you heard could see something from your mom. Um Yes. Is it is it because you are blocking that connection? Well, I thought so at first because I had a reading with a good friend of mine, um, Eileen, who's out of Wales. And um, she said, no, Jay, your mom's around. I said, are you sure? She says, yeah, she's she's thankful for the piano song you played for her about 15 minutes before she died. And it's exactly what I did. I pushed the piano over to the hallway where she was and I played a song for her. And, uh, you know, they were aspirating her and I, I, I just couldn't watch it anymore. And so that's what I did. So I knew she was there and I thought, well, maybe I'm blocked. But I think it was just I wasn't ready to really maybe feel her I think maybe it would have been too difficult and then you know if I wasn't feeling it the way I wanted to and because I had very high expectations of it as well because I have these abilities and when it wasn't happening for myself I was really like pretty upset about that you know because I really wanted her to guide me and she had promised me that she would help me from the other side but she does now (laughs) so Mm. yay for Jay it's a good day but back then it 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 was difficult yeah yeah wow yeah. Yeah. What about animals? How do they fall mm-hmm. into this whole um afterlife and stuff like that? You know, I hear people referring to Rainbow Bridge because I think it's just a pretty way of saying the other side, but animals are not humans. They never do become human spirits or anything like that. They have totally different purpose, but they are on the other side as well. And, you know, I even had, like, animal activists ask me, like, you know, um, what about, you know, animals that are consumed and stuff like that? And it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, I feel so bad for that, you know, and for people that feel guilty about those things. But, like, really, everybody has its role. Everything has its purpose here. But, yeah, animals come through. I, I did a reading for a lady, and I said, you know, I said, there's someone here that had a massive chicken farm. You I must have seen about 5,000 chickens, and she said that was her great-grandfather. He had something like 2,000 chickens on this chicken farm. Can you imagine? Mm. Wow. That's a lot of chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. But you do see animals, and animals play a very strong role. There's people that come to see me just to channel through animals, and sometimes, you know, I'll be able to feel the animal there, but, like, to channel it through, I don't know if I'm doing a good job at that, but I'll be able to describe the animal, their favorite little blanket, what they did, their little habits, because they'll show me, you know. I could see it. So it's it's in, it's interesting. I don't always get it, but I do. I get it. animals quite often. They play a very large role. You know, I mean, I lost my dog um, after 16 years, and that was like a child for me. And I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you, I grieved that dog just as hard as I grieved, you know, other loved ones in my family. And uh, I'm so happy. It took a little while for him to come through, but I, I see him every once in a while. It makes me feel good. 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. so you say like every everything has a purpose, like without getting like to a God kind of thing, but where, like how do you know, and I guess that's maybe going to be the clairsentience, but, but like, because I hear people talk about like there's the Akashic record and the, oh, I heard Akashic about records the, and that. the Galactic this, Council and all this stuff that really has me just mm, going like, whoa, I don't know, you know, like yeah. I can get into some concepts, but then when you start talking about like there's, now there's alien species involved and, and you mm-hmm. know, there's this Galactic Council and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, okay, this is, I'm just trying to figure out like, if there's life after death, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, this is what I believe in, in a nutshell. You know, um, after I, I believe that before we come into being here, that we're highly evolved energies called souls or spirits or ghosts or whatever you want to call it. That energy is very, very high vibrating, very high. And I mean, when you're talking about putting it out in the universe, <laughs> basically it's out there. All that energy collectively. You ever hear of I am one? Mhm. Okay. So this is the way I explain it. Imagine a great big disco ball with these beautiful mirrored facets on them, and every single one of them is connected to each other, so it makes one beautiful, brilliant disco ball. But every one of those little mirrors is a soul. So you're on there, I'm on there, my husband, my my son, you, you know, your spouse, whoever. Okay. And then we decide to to make a journey. So we make agreements with other souls before we come into being, to go through certain life experiences. And so people say, well, why? Soul, first of all, it doesn't have an ego. Because on the other side, we're not human. We don't have a body. We have no male. We have no female. It's a consciousness. It's like, you know, when you're in a dream and you're having a dream, do you really see yourself? Not usually. You see from your eyes yeah. onwards. Because mm-hmm. you're, in a, you're in a subconscious state consciously speaking you're in a subconscious state but it's the same thing being dead is like being in a dream that you can control it's exactly like that Mm. anyways we make agreements with each other because souls know exactly what they need to learn to progress to a higher soul level split ourselves off that big disco ball we come to earth okay so now you're born do you remember being born no Thanks I've heard stories, but I don't God. remember it. That's right. No, no. <laughs> she won't remember it. And, and it's like dying. Most souls don't remember dying. It's like not remember being born because I'm going to tell you, it's mm. too traumatic. You know, I mean, yeah. the act of being born is very traumatic for, for a child to go through. Although, yeah. thank God we don't remember that because we'd all be traumatized walking around on this on the <laughs> planet here. But, but anyways, coming back to that, you know, so we're born, we go through the certain experiences. So, You know, we go through that, we go through divorces, this, that. But how does the soul learn? The soul learns like this. We're human beings. We have egos. Okay. So if I told you, you know, to drop dead, you wouldn't like me tomorrow. You'd say, oh, my God, that Jay Lane's not a very nice person. But essentially, that's how we learn. Physically, emotionally, mentally, we learn because we feel things. So if I told you that, you're not going to go buy me a coffee tomorrow. You're going to say that she's not a very nice person. I'm staying away from her. You know, mm-hmm. but if I'm, if I'm buying you ice cream cones and, hey, come on over, and I'm, you know, I'm telling you, I'm going to buy you chocolate every time you come here, you'd be visiting every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's essentially how we learn. So souls make these agreements together. And, and people say, well, if I could choose my life, Jay, I'd have the six-pack hottie and the bling. I 
this, I'd have that, you know. Why would I choose to die of cancer? You know, I don't know why souls choose certain things to go through, but some of them choose a little bit tougher experiences than others. And my mother always told me, if we all made teacups, life would be boring. So we need the crooks, you know, um, to, to, to hold us up so that we can learn about, you know, maybe different things. We need, you know, lawyers. We need doctors. We need all of these different types of personalities and people to go through these experiences, you know. Mm-hmm. So once we die, then we graduate to a higher soul level. But, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to learn my lessons because once I learn them, then I'll die. You know, some people don't get to learn their lessons and they die just to say, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but at the end of the day, you know, once we go back to the other side, we just evolve to a higher soul level. And some people choose to come back time and time again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. And it's and it's interesting, you know, like we're we're just a really, you know, high vibrating energy, very very high vibrating consciousness, I call it. But there's different types of consciousness. So when you were talking about aliens and this and that, you know, some people really believe that there's all kinds of different things out there, and so do I, because we're, we're not, certainly not alone. I mean, you know, there's there's so many things out there. I mean, if you were to put it all together and start looking on the internet, even it's just like mind blowing. But I'm mm-hmm. not even going to go there. I'm not. Even go there, um, you know. At the end of the day, uh, you know, we're, we're here for reasons, and everybody says that. You know, everything happens for a reason, but they don't know what the reasons are. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. And, and they don't know, but but the thing is, really, your purpose. You're already living it. You know, you could have smiled to someone this morning in a grocery store that hasn't had a smile or hasn't had an ounce of compassion that was ready to commit suicide and decided that day, if someone smiles, I'm not going to kill myself, you know, and you did that, right? You you had an impact on someone's life just by sharing positive energy. It's just amazing. And, and so, you know, people say, well, I don't have a great purpose. You'd be surprised what your purpose is all about. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers. eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who have been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. And we're back on the record. So, kind of going back to animals a little bit. So, you've got animal consciousness and then human consciousness. Why is it that a human couldn't come back as an animal and vice versa? I don't know. It's just like angels. You know, people think that we become angels when we die, but angels have no sex. They were like, the filaments of angels were not created, you know, for for us. They were 
fitted for a whole different thing, but it's it's the same concept. There's different types of, you know, uh, roles, and I believe animals play totally different roles for us. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and right down to right down to like friendships, to like you know fending for yourself. Like I mean, there's so many different things. You're connected to animals somehow. I always get that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, every time, like, I, I'm just, like, you know, I hear that song, I Have the Tiger, I Have the Tiger, mm-hmm. you know, and I keep on, on hearing that around you. But anyways, there's um, there's animal connections to us, and, and sometimes spiritually speaking as well, they, they, they can bring us a lot of messages. And so that's the way I like to think is animals are as a role for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. For instance, the other day I had crows in my yard and I told my husband, oh, my God, we're going to hear of a duck. And two hours later, we had a phone call. You know, Mm -hmm. if I see see ladybugs like very close by or, or, you know, that kind of thing, that's always good luck for me. Um, You know, there's different animal totems or different like crickets. You know, they also indicate like warnings or or good luck or, you know, that kind of thing. Hmm. But... I don't know. I've never, I've never heard like, you know, of animals becoming people or people becoming animals. So it's just, I guess it's just not my, in my, uh, in my vocabulary. It's just not there. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're there to serve us. We're there to serve them. Mm-hmm. So talking about the agreements that we make, is there yeah. ever a time when? you do make an agreement to come to this earth and the way you're going to exit is going to be through suicide. Um, Nope. That's not on the agreement. So there's five exits, I believe um, to every soul. Like you have different exits. You know what I mean? Some people Mm -hmm. might have a heart attack and then decide to take that first exit because they suffered brain damage or they suffered, you know, um, because of a lack of oxygen or someone may have had a really bad accident knowing that, you know, they're, they're, they may not be able to walk anymore, so they decide to to take an exit, that kind of thing. But suicides, mm. I believe, are broken agreements. Because I'll give you an example. Let's say let's say you and I were a couple, okay? And mm-hmm. um, one day you're driving by the grocery store, okay, and you see me hugging someone else, and you're going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" So you go home and you take your life. I come home and I find a dear J letter. Okay, and and um, you know you took your life because you saw me hugging someone at the grocery store, but that someone was a cousin I haven't seen in thirty years. Mm. Okay, so mm-hmm. really I wasn't cheating or anything, but you assumed that, and maybe you had some issues with that, some insecurities. So you took a, you took an exit. Okay, you you decided to, to to kill yourself. So now we didn't have the three kids that we were supposed to have. We can go through the sex, drug, and rock and roll that we should have gone through with one child, you know, the tough love and this and that. We didn't get to do that. Instead, I'm now stuck with not trusting anybody. I don't want to Mm. meet anybody else because love equals suicide for me. Mm. You get what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So I'm not going to have the three kids. I'm not going to do all of those things. So those are broken agreements. You know what I mean? And and Mm -hmm. the thing is... I've done enough readings in my lifetime to know that most people, and it's it's and it's not to uh, to say that this happens in all cases, but a lot of people that go through that kind of thing are afraid to get into relationships again. And I, you know, and I can't blame them. That's quite a traumatic yeah. thing to go through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the soul's 
part on the soul's part. The soul stays stuck in between worlds until it goes through its karmic lessons. So I believe that, like, let's say if you would have done that, you would have had to stand in my shoes to see how I'm feeling and to see how you've affected mm-hmm. my life. You mm-hmm. have to stand in all of the shoes of the people that are now missing you because of you know, the act you committed. And wow. so and that's bailing out early. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's kind of how I feel about it. And so if I have a suicide, and, and those are grounded souls. You know, you ever hear, oh, this room's haunted? A lot of times mm-hmm. those are grounded spirits. You know, it could be someone that committed suicide or someone that died really suddenly that's not aware that they've, they've passed. And mm. so sometimes you'll feel that residual energy in that room, and it's amazing. But, you know, I'm not a light worker to the point where I would put them through the light. I've been told I can do that, but I've honestly never tried it because I never really thought I could do that, you know? Wow. At the end of the day, a lot of times I do feel these these souls that are stuck, you know? And they eventually do go through the light, you know? A lot of them that come through in readings will say, oh, I was stuck for a while. Right away I know it's a suicide. Right away Hmm. I know. It's like either they're responsible for their own life or they were silly about it. You know what I mean? Like dangling dangling off the CN Tower to take a a selfie and then you fall. You know what I'm saying? Like something silly like that. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes these things will happen. Wow. But it's, yeah, but it's interesting. I mean, I could talk about soul's journeys for hours and hours. I just absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, It is. We, we never touched on the Akashic Record, so can you tell me about that and what, what that is, what aspect yeah. that plays in Akashic Records, I, I, I don't deal with that personally myself. When when someone comes through readings, like, I'll pick up a lot of numbers or consciously. Like, I'll, I'll feel like for you, I, I feel 6, uh, 15, or 24 is, is tied to you. Um, hmm. So, you know, for instance, or, or June because six is a strong number for you. So, like, Mm. I feel those things, you know what I'm saying? So, um, Akashic Records doesn't mean that I've gone to look in them. Some people claim to be able to tap into that and see records and dates and this and that. And, you know, so, like, dates of death, dates of birth, you know, when these different things Mm. are supposed to happen. Um, Personally, you know, as a medium, we have a very strong code of ethics, and we shouldn't be telling people when they die. It really Mm. kind of irks me when when someone says something like that, you know, because I don't think it's it's up to us. Like, we're, you know, I mean, I don't think that's the role of a medium. I think mediums should be just the go-between and be able to interpret the information that they're getting, you know, from from whatever consciousness is coming through. But the thing is, for us to, to play God, I think it's difficult. I, I think, you know, people shouldn't be doing that. But at the end of the day, that's what Akashic Records are. And I'm, like I said, I'm not experienced or I've never delved into that kind of stuff. But I know some people that do, and they're pretty good at it. So it's, it's interesting. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, I work so, with numbers and combination of numbers. Like for yeah. instance, like six fifteen and twenty four for you, six or June or fifteen, one plus five is four. Uh one sorry, one plus five is six. <laughs> oh my god, I'm going minus. And then two plus two plus four is six. So that's uh-huh. where you get your sixes in. Yeah. Okay. So there's something to do. Can can you relate to two fifteen or twenty four? Well, fifteen, I was born uh, on July fifteenth. So July 15th, your birthday, anything to do with 6th or or June for you, birthdays, anniversaries, passings? Um, 
Oh, June would be my uh, wedding anniversary. There you go. So you do have strong six connections, but those would be like soulmates to you, which is not a bad thing. So that's good. Yeah, so that's awesome. But yeah, so six, 15, 24, big for you. So that's awesome. Yeah, but that's that's how I feel tied into you. You know what I mean? Like when I talk to you right away, I see big number six. So it's right there. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you had mentioned before about Eye of the Tiger song and an animal connection with me. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Um, Well, you've heard that song, Eye of the Tiger. Doom, mm-hmm. doom, doom, doom. Yeah. So like, like a theme, like a strength. So I would think like that's like a theme for you. So like if not like a strength, like you've taken your power and you've taken like your, you know. So And, and it's funny, eye of the tiger or tiger's eye is also a stone of confidence, right? Hmm. So a lot of people hmm. use that for confidence. Or I would think like lions, tigers, or cats have a lot to do with you. So I think it'd be a symbol somehow for you. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's funny. It's just when I read people, I hear like little theme songs or I'll hear little things and, and usually <laughs> people can connect to it somehow. You know? Are you a cat nice. lover? Yeah. Yeah. I love cats. Uh, um, I, I lost uh, about a year and a half ago, I lost my cat that I had for almost 16 years. Oh, um, wow. and, and haven't been able to get any animals since. It was like a, a year and a half or 18-month period where I lost um, two dogs, a cat, yeah. my grandmother, and I almost died. And, uh, there was a big accident at South by Southwest uh, in 2014 where I was wow. just seconds away from being run over. And so oh it was a rough God. period, and, and I'm not ready. I'm, I'm actually going to start doing um, some pet sitting here at the house just to kind of get some animal oh, energy back in the house, but I'm not ready to to um, oh, yeah. bring in another animal into my life permanently at this what, point. What, so, was February important to you too? Uh, well, February is when my grandmother passed. Yeah, because that's who I would get around to is February. Because right away I see the hearts. You know, it doesn't mm. mean it's February fourteenth, but it's February, and then I would see two twenty or twenty two, or twins uh, mm. adopted or fostered kids. If if it's not two twenty or twenty two, but anyways, big hello because I I would get that feeling around you quite a bit February. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. She was my. She was my grandmother. Was my um, my musical muse. She's the one who um, got me involved with music, and my mom too. But my grandmother more so. Um, she used mm-hmm. to tell me stories where she'd pick me up from nursery school, and the whole way home Aww. I would just sing the nursery rhymes, you know, and be singing Aww. away, you know. <laughs> so and she'd always every, every time I'd see her, she'd be like, "How are you? How's your music doing? You have any gigs?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you know." So, yeah. What do you what do you, what do you play? You, you play you play two instruments. I sing and play guitar. Yeah, those are my primary. Oh, okay. I mean, I've, I've throughout my life I've played. I started. You know, in in grade school, I've played um, like trumpet and saxophone, snare drum, and my mom had yeah. a piano in the house all the time, so I was always playing piano, N- not really well. Um, yeah. And then drum set, and then got into guitar. And oh wow! Singing. So you, you're yeah. very multi talented. Yeah. Wow. I I started with music as an outlet to get away from the house so that I didn't have to put up with my dad, you know. But I I loved it. I was in a rock band for a couple of years, you know. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, I loved it. But I think, you know, um, one of my good friends was Annie Woods from uh, a band called Toronto. And um, it's funny, we reconnected after many years of, of not seeing each other. Like, you know, and but I, I still remember thinking, oh, my God, I wish I could sing like her. But it wasn't something that I pursued wholeheartedly. It's, it's My mediumship was a little bit more important. But I think the musical aspect of my life was really important for me because of the connections that I have through my business. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, yeah, because I, I read for a lot of um, very well-known artists.
like a meditation practice or anything that you do to, I guess, expand your awareness and and quiet your mind type of practice? You know, I, I used to, my mother used to call it sit in a chair for five minutes, close your eyes and just breathe. And so mm. basically, I do that <laughs> twice a day. And, and it's not to say that I meditate. I just like go into a quiet room somewhere where I know my cell phone's not going to ring or no one's going to knock at the door. And I just close my eyes and I just kind of listen to my breathing for five minutes. But it's amazing with that five minutes will do it will reground you it makes you feel a little bit more um uh it just centers you a little bit more you know so i do that i uh, do a lot of silly things especially before a show you know um i meditate but then i also jump up and down for joy i i try to raise <laughs> vibration and, and a lot of people think i'm crazy but what i do is i get people to get up and dance at my shows before i start because i want to raise that vibration in the room because the higher the vibration more spirit comes through you know, mm, yeah. so yeah, so it's so it's interesting. So music plays a very very large part of, of what I do, even you know when I'm doing these shows. You know, so it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. But isn't music amazing? Yeah, definitely. Oh. It's definitely my my saving grace many times over. Yeah. 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 I totally can relate to that. It's, it's, you know, it's, I, I started writing just as an outlet, you know, just to get rid of stuff, but it was mostly all about death eh? <laughs> and mm. loss. But anyways, I turned them into poems now. So. Yeah, you're writing country yeah, songs. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I'll start. Actually, you know, my, my manager was very involved in country music, but I have an appreciation for it now. I, I never really listened to it much before but you know it's it's good i i was always a rock and roll and grunge girl mm. you know what i mean yeah, yeah i nice. love metal i love metal oh yeah. awesome and, oh wow yeah yeah right on i i i share the same date as ozzy osbourne so it's all good oh awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh my gosh oh jeez well we're nearing the end unfortunately because uh, i feel like i could just have a whole like a whole day interview with you. Um, are there any words of wisdom you would like to share with us? Yes, actually, you know, people worry so much about so many things, and, and they tend to carry those burdens, especially, you know, this time of the year and Christmas coming and to those people that have lost losses and the people don't seem to be able to get their head above water. It's so difficult to, to continue, but I always tell people you really need to think of the things that you want rather than the things that you don't want. You need to get excited about life and know that, you know, uh, clouds are just temporary and that really if you think of the things that you really, really want, that, you know, you can change the energy around you to really create, you know, and, and manifest those things. So just for people to have a little bit more of an open mind, you know, whether you believe in this stuff or not, but at the end of the day, just... You know, even if you didn't believe in this kind of stuff, just to kind of you know, think of what you want rather than what you don't want because it makes such a big difference in the quality of our lives. And, and it's a tough world out there. It really is. There's so many people that are arguing. And there's wars and there's terrorism. and there's So all we really need is to be understanding because we are so connected to each other. And so, you know, if we're hurting other people, we're essentially hurting ourselves. So, you know, just, just to to think a little bit more positively. And I think that's what I'd want to tell people. 
Well, folks, that wraps up another episode of On the Record. Tune in next week. 